right, good morning and welcome to the TBR podcast, aka the Booth Review podcast. Um, today is Monday, January 21st, and this is our first ever podcast, so uh, it should, should be a good one. I'm not going to bore you guys with a, you know, a story about us and who we came from. I'll write a blog about, about that to, uh, to introduce who we are, uh, what, we're, uh, what our mission is. But uh, right now, I just want to get right into the topics. Uh, but first, I'm going to start you guys off with the headlines of the day. Second and goal to Burkett. Burkett to the end zone! Hello, Super Bowl! New England is heading back again for the third straight year. Bad snap. The kick is good rams win it and on to super bowl 53 they go all right let's dive right into it uh it's going to be just me today on the podcast uh carp will be joining us uh shortly on uh one of our future podcasts but right now it's going to be just me and uh today we're going to be talking about obviously the conference championships from the nfl that took place uh last night and yesterday afternoon uh we're going to start with the afc championship just because that's the uh that's the bigger story. So uh, for those of you who didn't watch the game, if you've been living under a rock, the, uh, the New England Patriots defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime, 37-31. to I'll give you my thoughts on the game. It was a pretty exciting game uh, from start to finish. I'm a big Patriots fan, so uh, it was, uh, was nerve-wracking. But uh, it was definitely a good game. And, uh, you know, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of controversy around a lot of the calls being made yesterday uh, across both games. And uh, I guess I'll start with, the first one, um, I know it's going to be a little biased because I'm a Patriots fan, but the uh, the roughing the passer call on uh, on I forget who the defender was. Uh, let me see if I can try to find it. But uh, uh, it was one of the uh, the Kansas City defenders who uh, came down on Tom Brady and made a uh, made like a chop play almost and hit him in the shoulder. It did not really affect the throw at all, and. Um, uh, luckily, they called it a uh, they called it a uh, roughing the passer, and it gave the uh, the Patriots a first down. Um, from a from an analytical standpoint, I 100% disagree with that call. Um, I don't know about you know. Obviously, as a Patriots fan, I was excited to to see that they made that call, and you know, it, when you're in the moment, you want to say like, yeah, that's the right call, but. Looking back on it, um, as a journalist and as an analyst, I, I don't believe that that was the right call to be made. And I think that, you know, in all of these talks of people in the NFL and, you know, they're bringing scientists in to talk about the the impact of the hits on the quarterbacks. And you, we saw throughout this entire, you know, 17-week season that there were they're pretty soft this year on the uh, the roughing the passer calls. And it's usually the, the late pushes from from pass rushers who would come in and kind of just give a little shove and you know the the frail quarterbacks you know some like Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers and obviously they're not from you know they're strong but you know Tom Brady's you know obviously immobile Aaron Rodgers is pretty mobile but you know those guys take hits from 200 plus pound linemen and they're obviously going to go down so we started to see this season those being called more and more and I think that Last night was that was a weak call, and I think obviously you know it goes into it goes in the favor of the the New England Patriots, but that was such a weak call, especially in an AFC Championship game like that where it was make or break for the Chiefs to stop the Patriots on that specific drive, and I think they they basically lost the game because of flags. And uh, another call that I think they made the right call in this particular scenario was. 
the uh, Tom Brady little little out route to Gronkowski, which he he over he overthrew him. Uh, Gronk had to jump up and uh, grab that ball. Goes off his fingertips right into the hands of a uh, Kansas City defensive back, and the game is seemingly over at that point. Which it it uh, it wasn't because the flag was thrown. And you go back and look, and uh, once again, I don't remember who was lined up offsides, but one of the Kansas City linebackers was was lined up. He didn't jump offsides. He was lined up uh offsides and uh so they called it back but i think that was the right call but i think for the kansas city chiefs looking back at that game today i don't know how they're going to be um uh looking back if they're watching film today or not but if eventually they're gonna in the offseason look back at that game and i think you have to say to yourself um that they played a hell of a game and i think that the first half they played like shit and uh, Patrick Mahomes did not look good. I think they had like 32 total offensive yards or yards from scrimmage. but uh, And the Patriots had like 200-something. Uh, they were up 14 nothing at that point. But I think the second half Kansas City Chiefs just completely dominated the Patriots. And I think that what won the Patriots the game was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's, you know two-minute drill his his 18 with 19 now year career in the NFL where he has time and time again shown us that he can come in clutch and I think that that's kind of a uh, you're kind of stuck if you're the Kansas City Chiefs at that point because you give the ball back to Tom Brady with a, a minute and I don't I don't know how long left but you had less than a minute left in the game and they're charging down the field and uh, clearly you uh you're kind of stuck at that point. The defense was tired the entire game. And, you know, you have the best freaking quarterback on the other side of the field carrying the ball, or has the ball in his hands, rather. And I think it's, like, so obvious that they were, like, they were kind of hopeless at that point. You know that Tom Brady is going to charge down the field and score that touchdown. You know that he's going to force overtime. And actually, the Chiefs were the ones who forced overtime with the field goal, but I'm, I'm talking about that last Patriots offensive drive. And you know he's going to force overtime. You know they're going to win the toss because the last, I don't know how many times it's been, five or six times that the Patriots have been in an overtime game in the playoffs. They always call heads. Um, Super Bowl 51, the AFC Championship this year, there was another. uh, Did they go to overtime against the Eagles? No, I don't think they did. But I think the last five or six times that they've been in a playoff game in the playoffs, they've called heads and they win the toss. And if you give the ball to Tom Brady – in overtime in the AFC Championship, like you're you're done. Like there's no way your defense is gonna stop him. And so I'll I'll take you through my thoughts in that. And I'm gonna ramble on a lot and get away from my topic, but but just bear with me here. That that overtime drive was the scariest shit ever because you're watching Tom Brady third and ten, and we've watched him throughout this entire season go three and out to start games against like the Jaguars or against like the Bears. He couldn't convert on third down. And you're saying to yourself, when you see him line up for like a third and 10 or a third and nine, you're saying, well, oh shit, you know, they're not going to convert because they haven't been able to convert against these teams like the Jaguars and the Bears and, you know, et cetera, all the crappy teams we played to start the season. And you're up against the number one team in the AFC right now, who's got a pretty good defense. I'll give them that. They have a good defense. And you're saying to yourself, he's not going to convert this third down. And then ball snaps, and he just finds Julian Edelman, or he finds Rob Gronkowski, or Sony Michelle comes up the middle on fourth and inches, or Rex Burkhead, whoever it was, James White and out in the flat. And 
it really just goes to show that playoff Tom Brady is unstoppable. And I think the Chiefs fell victim to, to the Patriots' luck last night. I think that um, if the Patriots, if the roles were reversed and the Chiefs had won the toss, I still think the Patriots would have won that game. I think that we're just too experienced of a team in these playoffs to, to not win games, uh, especially in overtime. And I think that, you know, if, if you see Patrick Mahomes line up with that offense on a third and 10, I think it's pretty predictable what he's going to do. They're going to run that deep play to Tyree Kill or Sammy Watkins, and he's going to try and hit him, but eventually the Patriots were just going to see right through that. So I think that once it was forced into overtime, it, it was the Patriots game the whole way. Um, I also want to talk about um, the Patriots offense going into the uh, going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to do a whole Super Bowl preview podcast for the next two weeks. We'll probably talk about it every day. We'll probably write a ton of articles about it every day, but we're fresh off of this game. I just want to kind of get some stuff out there that this entire season, all the all the analysts, ESPN, um, wherever wherever it may be, I I watch ESPN and uh, local. Boston channels and you know whatever it is Bleacher Report um the Checkdown Sideline Report on Instagram have been saying that the Patriots don't have offensive weapons and I think that was true for the first what three weeks of the season and then they trade for Josh Gordon and I think he becomes your number one wide receiver and it showed for I don't know how many weeks he was here for seven weeks maybe that he played for the Patriots. I think it showed that he was our number one offensive weapon. And I I don't want to say that that him getting suspended again and cutting him was was like a blessing in disguise for the Patriots because obviously he is a talented individual. And would he have done some good things against the Chargers, against the Chiefs? Obviously, yes. Like we could have we could have used him, obviously. He he's a strong athletic player. But is this a blessing in disguise for the Patriots? Kind of. Because you're forced to go back to the Patriot way, which was the other team has no idea who you're going to throw to. Like, zero idea. I think Philip Philip Dorsett did not catch a ball all season. And when Josh Gordon came, I think that hurt his performance too. And he gets a touchdown against the Chargers, and he gets a touchdown against the Chiefs in the AFC playoffs. And it's things like that where I think not having that, that number one offensive weapon is just like such a gift to the Patriots and it, it it kills other teams. Because like coming in against the Rams, they have, you know, obviously they have a pretty widespread offense. They have Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson has stepped up big in these playoffs these last few weeks. Um, Brandon Cooks, who was in the system last year. Uh, Robert Woods, who I think has really stepped up into like a number one wide receiver role. Um, Gerald Everett, who their tight end is actually, you know, pretty skilled tight end. He's pretty shifty. And Josh Reynolds, who, who's a big play specialist. And I, and obviously Jared Goff under center. And I think that the, that's a pretty widespread offense, but you know that their, their guy is Todd Gurley. Like, you know, that that's their, that's their, um, that's their fail safe option is, is hand the ball off to Todd Gurley and, and just see what he does with it. And obviously, you know, on first down and on second down, they're going to, you know, go wide to uh, to Josh Reynolds or to Robert Woods or the deep play to Brandon Cooks, whatever it may be. But the difference between a widespread offense for, for a great team like the Rams versus the, the offense of the Patriots, which we've had for so long, is that you have no idea who the Patriots are going to go to. 
like you could like James Devlin caught a pass yesterday. Just like let that sink in for a second. Is like you they don't know who to cover and you kind of as a defense you get confused because you have no idea who they're gonna go to. They they were running the ball to Sony Michelle the entire first half and he broke a hundred yards I think around two minutes left in, in in the second quarter I think and he had one or uh, let me check the box score did he have I believe that Sony Michelle. Yeah, he had two touchdowns, 113 yards for two touchdowns, 29 carries. So he dominated the first half. And did you see Sony Michelle at all in the second half? No. He he was he was nowhere to be found in the second half. And it wasn't a knock to Sony Michelle's play. It wasn't, you know, a punishment. That's just how the Patriots work. Rex Burkhead had like one carry in the first half. Second half. 11, I think he, he ended the game with 12 carries, but I think he did have like one carry in the first half. He His final stat line, 12 carries, 41 yards for two touchdowns. And those two touchdowns were game-tying and game-winning touchdowns. And you have James White, six carries, 23 yards, no touchdowns. But then again, James White, as a receiver, went for 49 yards, no touchdowns. But so, so that right there is 100 scrimmage yards for James White. So you see how they're... They're evenly, not evenly, but they're, they're fairly distributing all these different plays to all these different people. And Rob Gronkowski goes from being absolutely invisible for the second half of the season, including the AFC Divisional game, which I, I was at and I saw Gronk. He, he didn't block that much. He didn't go out on routes that much. He was on the sidelines for the majority of the game until the very end of the game when the Chargers were out of it. And they hit Gronk for like a, a 15-yard pass to, to you know, give him, you know, throw him that bone. It was like, you know, all right, the game's over. Let's throw Gronk in so the fans can get excited. But they did not utilize him against the Chargers at all. Like, he, he played no – he didn't have an effect on that game. And last night, he was one of my key players of the game. And I'll, and I'll outline my key players in a second. He was one of my key players of the game. Late in that, in that drive, when he throws to Gronk on that, like, that 20-yard out route right on the sidelines – and Gronk jumps up, and the, and the DB's too small to jump up with him, and Gronk just towers over him, comes down with that ball. Like, that was a great play. And obviously, it was a good play, but I'm saying, like, that was like make or break on third down kind of play. Like, like we would have, I, th- I think we were too far for a field goal at that point, so we would have either went for it on fourth down or ended up punting it. But, you know, he was once again, Gronk can sometimes be our third down fail-safe option, but it could have easily been, uh, a screen pass to James White or a slant route to Edelman or you hit Hogan on a deep route or you just hand the ball off to Burkhead and see what he does. That's the thing about this Patriots offense that they have over this, the uh, or the LA Rams. I was about to say St. Louis. That they have over the Los Angeles Rams is that they, they have this unbelievable, um, what, like a trait almost, like a characteristic skill set. They have this unbelievable skill set to just go to anybody at any time and, and trust that person. Like, James Devlin is is a fullback who, who strictly blocks for Sony Michelle, and he did a great job of blocking last night. But he caught a pass last night, and he had touchdowns this season. So that's the thing, is that the Patriots versus this Rams, you know, super offense, and Sean McVay, great coach, and they've got a great defense, and we're going to see some familiar faces on that Rams team as well. Brandon Cooks, Aqib Tlaib, I'm sure there are a few more. Um, that's what the Patriots still hold over them, even though we are technically the fourth of the final four. We were the lowest seed, and 
the two there were two upsets this weekend and the number whatever it may be versus the whatever number the patriots are in the rams and the patriots is that the patriots are still not the underdog and it's because of a their playoff experience tom brady's been to nine super bowls in his 18 year career of the last 18 super bowls he has been 50 percent of them let that sink in not a huge deal but you know it's tom brady b because they're just so freaking good like you you can't stop them and and they showed that last night the chiefs were obviously a better team on paper going into the game they were the favorites for some reason the whole world wanted to see the patriots lose and 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 for a second i think the whole world celebrated when tom brady threw that interception that got called back the whole world celebrated and said you like they did when when nick Foles won against the patriots and a backup quarterback beat the patriots and super bowl the whole world celebrated and said Finally, he's not going back to a Super Bowl. He's not going back to his third in a row. But time and time again, they continue to to just right the wrongs. And they deserve to win that game, and they did. And I think that that's why they, they should win the Super Bowl. And I'm not going to say that, yeah, they're going to win the Super Bowl because it is going to be a battle. And I'm so excited to watch that game because it's going to be a great game. But knock, knock on wood, I think that they have the upper hand in this game. Okay, so we've covered that. I just want to finally talk about um, the Chiefs because yeah, I've been talking a lot about a pa- about the Patriots and, and how they played and you know the, uh, the officiating in that game and everything that kind of went on. But I think you have to give it up for the second half Chiefs because they, they're such a young team and they really lot, they lost a lot in Kareem Hunt this year. And I think that that's not only a um, that's not only a, a blow on the field where it's like, oh, we just lost our our number one running back who was one of the best running backs in the league because of something so stupid. But I think it's also a, you know a mental blow like uh, you know Kareem Hunt has been there for two years now. I think he's probably and I've heard you know read articles where he was a big locker room presence and they lost that. And he, he's just gone. And he's going to go play for another team. And there's been reports that a lot of teams are interested in him. He's not going back to the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs will, will never take him back. I'm sorry. In, his, in however long he may make his career. Sorry, I'm getting thirsty. Um, he's never going back to the Chiefs. And I think that for them to, for Damian Williams to come into that, that spot for the rest of the season and into the playoffs and for Tyree Kill to step up and for Sammy Watkins to to play through an injury. If you didn't know, he missed a ton of games because of an injury and he was he's obviously playing through an injury. You could see it on the field. Obviously, you know, he looked he hit the ground running and, you know, in some big spots last night, but he's playing through an injury. So I think that give credit where credit is due, that's at one hell of a football team. And I think that they came so close to like if that if that game had lasted five more minutes in regulation, I think the Chiefs win that game. I think there's just something about playing Tom Brady in overtime where like like you're not winning. But had the Chiefs had the ball tie game 31-31 with maybe two minutes left, I think they'll probably win that game. And I think the Patriots defense kind of you know the bend don't break mentality except they kind of they kind of broke at the end but they, they uh, the offense kind of bailed them out was that 
they they got tired towards the end of that game and it was back and forth for a while and you go back and you and you watch the highlights and let's just say that you hadn't watched the game live because you kind of forget how it already is less than 24 hours ago you kind of forget how back and forth that game was it really was the last five minutes where it was like New England scores Kansas City scores New England scores Kansas City scores Kansas City field goal like that's how it went so if you're a defense in that situation You've got to you've got to watch your offense. You're you're probably if you're as invested as the fans are, and you could see it too on like Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower, like they were nervous. So you've got to go from being on the field trying to stop one of the best offenses in the NFL, and let's just say you know for for example like the first time that they were out on the field, they failed to do that. Like they, the the Chiefs scored. So let's just say you you're you go out and they have like a five minute drive and they score on you the best offense and then you go out onto the sidelines, there's four and a half minutes left, and I know Tom Brady started with the ball with like seven minutes left, but you know the drive really got going with like four and a half minutes left. With like four and a half minutes left and you're a defender and you're on that sideline, you know that Tom Brady has to score for your team to make it to the Super Bowl. You're freaking out. You're a nervous wreck on the sidelines. So he goes down, marches the ball down the field, and scores. Then you got to go back out again and try to stop the Kansas City offense from scoring. You fail to do that again. You're so tired. You're a nervous wreck. You keep going back to the sidelines, back out onto the field. Like, 100% credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. They broke our defense down towards the end of the game. And we're so lucky that that the game wasn't a few minutes longer, that, that Kansas City didn't have enough time to try and score a touchdown and they just settled for a field goal because if that game is like a minute longer the Patriots would have lost that game last night and I hate to say that because I I I love this defense and I love the team that they put together for this season but the Kansas City Chiefs just wore them down and I give them 100% credit Patrick Mahomes looked good in the second half he completed a lot of passes Tyree Kill looked good in the second half Damian Williams looked great throughout the whole game I know that it's tough to to consistently average let me look up how much he averaged to average um Damian Williams averaged three yards on a carry he only had oh he only had 30 yards that that surprises me oh okay so he had two he had two receiving touchdowns which is why um I got confused so 100% credit to Damian Williams because he played an excellent game and did he have a rushing touchdown too he did he had three touchdowns last night so think about that the 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 backup backup because originally he wasn't their backup right like wasn't it um oh was was it Spencer Ware when when Kareem Hunt first went out I think Spencer Ware stepped into that spot Damian Williams was the third string like like let that settle in Damian Williams was not like this experienced like running back who was just like got picked up off waivers like he was the third string running back to Kareem Hunt and then to Spencer Ware Two running backs that, theoretically, you barring injuries, you don't see anything happening to them. So if you're Damian Williams, you're not expecting to play at all this season, let alone start in an AFC Championship game against the one of the best football teams of, of the last two decades. So he came in in the toughest spot, and I give him credit. I give Patrick Mahomes credit because, once again, Pat Mahomes probably didn't expect to start this season after the end of last season. I don't know what all the talk was about Alex Smith. I didn't really expect Alex Smith to leave until the rumors started. So 100% credit to those two because they ran that offense. 
And Damian Williams had three touchdowns and went for like 100 yards from scrimmage, both receiving and rushing, not not respectively, combined. And that's incredible. So the Chiefs offense, if you're a Chiefs fan and either you're listening to this or you, if you're not listening to this, you're not going to hear this, but if any Chiefs fans have worries, let them know. Send, send, send this little clip to them right here. Is that your offense is 100% fine. Your defense is 100% fine. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't, obviously... You're, it sucks that you lost in the, in the fashion that you did. But your offense is so good, and your defense is so good, and you have a great kicker, and you have good special teams. Like, there's nothing to worry about. The only thing that made you lose, two things made you lose that game last night. There are two factors that played into that, to the playoff loss. Oh, jeez, I'm so thirsty. Number one, the, the refs. Like, the refs kind of screwed you down the, uh, down the stretch. They screwed us, too on that that bullshit call on J.C. Jackson and the double flag on that call, too. Was it roughing the passer and then pass interference? That was complete BS. They screwed us, but they screwed you, too, a little bit more down the stretch with the, uh, with the roughing the passer call when, when the guy kind of taps Brady's shoulder a little bit. That screwed you. That gave us some yardage. And then your defender just being lined up an inch off sides. The refs didn't screw you, but they were they were careful enough to notice that. And they threw the flag. That was one of the reasons because that that combines for like thirty ish yards that the Patriots gained off of third down incompletions or an interception that they got to play that again, thanks to the refs. So that's one factor that played. That's not your fault. The refs they just they were careful enough to to throw two flags that kind of screwed you. Number two is that there's I've said this a lot during this podcast, but there's no way any team is going to beat Tom Brady in overtime in the playoffs. Like, once they won that toss, once you saw Matt Slater go up, call heads, and the ref flips the coin and says it is heads, like Chiefs fans just, the life came out of the stadium. And it was it was the Tom Brady show. And uh, you know what? There's there's hope for next season for you guys because I really do think if you keep all your, all your offensive and defensive weapons, you'll have an unbelievable season, probably win the AFC. And uh, I don't know if you'll see the Patriots there again. It depends on uh, what happens to us in the offseason. But uh, heads high because that was one hell of a game. All right. So that was the AFC. Now let's transition to the NFC. And I'm not going to do a Super Bowl preview in uh, in this because I, I want to do that with uh, – I want to get, you know, interviews. And, uh, you know, we're going to have like a two-week uh, Super Bowl special almost. So let's just, you know – I'm just I'm just debriefing because these games happened yesterday and uh, I want to get you know my take on those games out. So now the biggest story from yesterday, I'm sure you've all been waiting to hear it, and I'm not going to go as in depth with this game as I am the uh, as I did the Patriots and Chiefs game because honestly I feel like the Patriots and Chiefs game was 100% more exciting. But the uh, the blown call. On the on the Saints, um, I really feel like this Super Bowl should be Patriots and Saints, and um, I don't think the Rams deserve to be in this playoffs. Um, in, in in the Super Bowl rather, um, that call was so bad, so so bad, Un- unbelievably. Like I'm sitting there, and I was I was in shock. You know, I wasn't. You know, I was kind of half paying attention, kind of getting you know getting ready for the Patriots game, which was gonna happen like a half hour after that, but. That was the most blatant pass interference ever, ever. Like, I don't know who that 
that DB was. But Drew Brees, if you haven't seen the play, um, you know what? I'll give you. Why don't I give? I'll give you an audio clip of the uh, of the commentary right now, just so you can listen to see see the commentaries, the commentators' reaction. Brees passes incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints sideline. Well, if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman. and So that was the play call. Um, Drew Brees throws a nice pass, a little, little, uh, little out route to, uh, to Tommy Lee Lewis, who's uh, a shorter receiver, probably doesn't have a ton of, uh, ton of poundage on him. Um, He's one of the speed guys, returns kicks, kind of like a, uh, kind of like a Tyreek Hill almost, but a little bit uh, lesser known. So um, Drew Brees throws a pass to Tommy Lee Lewis, and the ball is probably a foot, not even a foot, away from maybe a foot away from his hands. So not not saying that it was like overthrown. I'm saying it's about to get to him, um, and. He's ready to catch it. He jumps in the air because he's a smaller a smaller receiver so that he can catch this ball. And he's set to catch the ball. And all of a sudden, um, this Rams DB just, just takes him out. Basically just comes like it wasn't even like, like this guy leaves his feet, comes head first, dives, and just knocks Tommy Lee Lewis out of the air. Ball, ball just sails past. And um, if you're a Saints fan... For those few seconds, you can see Saints fans celebrating because they're like, we're about to get the... And by the way, he was like a few yards away from the goal line. They're like, we're about to get the ball on the three or four yard line. And that's going to be the game. And you see Saints fans as soon as... Um, I know I, I play the audio clip, but I edited it in, so I don't know the name of the DB. But as soon as that guy, the Rams cornerback... Uh, comes across and absolutely hammers Tommy Lee Lewis. Like he didn't give him a little push not even like the the arm extension. It was so egregious. He dives from five, seven yards away, head first, and just takes Tommy Lee Lewis out of bounds. Like it was so egregious. If you haven't watched the play, please go watch it because it, it made me so mad that the refs just didn't even bat an eyelash at it. They, 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 they knew that they weren't going to call it. Uh, didn't even conference about it. You had you go back and you look at the slow motion replay. You have three pairs of eyes on that on that play. I think you've got um, one who's on the uh, on the line of scrimmage, and two on the goal line, and then one ref. So if you go back and you watch the replay, you can see the ref. So there's one ref who's in the back of the frame who just turns as this play is about to happen, looks dead at Tommy Lee Lewis get taken out absolutely railed like like it wasn't even like a tap and I know I'm gonna keep saying this it wasn't a little push he he came across the field and had the most intention of just knocking the shit out of him and he did it and and there was no call there was no call like what is that like honestly like in a playoff game too it was not the regular season it was the NFC championship that was make or break and there was no call. And the worst part is, if you're the Saints, the game is over at that point because you know what could have been and you're so hung up on that missed call that you, you can't focus. 
And that's what happened. They didn't focus. Game went to overtime. Um, I forget. Did the Rams win the toss? They might have. I don't know. Whoever won the toss, Rams scored. Um, I forget who scored, too. Oh, it was a field goal. That's right. So, so the Saints, did the Saints start with the ball? I forget who starts with the ball, but somehow the Rams are in position to kick a field goal and win the game, and they do it. Um, but if you're the Saints, how the hell are you going to focus after that missed call? Like, it was so egregious. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like a, like a little hand fight that you could be like, oh, all right, well, it could go both ways, but since I'm a Saints fan, I'm going to be mad. It was like, it was like, what the hell? Like, I'm not even a Saints fan. I don't even care. Like, I, I, I would be fine, like, as a Patriots fan, I'm fine playing either of those teams in the Super Bowl. Like, I didn't have a horse in that race. But I was so pissed off because that was such a bad call. And, like, you know it's you know it's going to be a topic of conversation for the next two weeks. And then we're going to find out that those same officials are going to be officiating the Super Bowl. And then there's going to be some bullshit call in the Super Bowl. And... It's, you know, it's, I just know it's not going to be good. I know there's more to come of this. And we already had a story come out. Sean Payton said that the head of officiating said that they botched the call, said that they blew it, said that they missed it. So, like, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Like, conference up, like, one of the four refs who were out on that field should have seen that. And I, we know that they saw it. It's not like they missed anything. But you've got, like, like have a brain in your head, right? Like, you know what pass interference looks like. It obviously looks like that. So so why the hesitation? Why is there no call? Why was there no conference afterwards? Why did we just keep playing as if nothing, as if it was um, a bad pass? Because it wasn't a bad pass. It was headed right for his hands. You know when receivers make that little triangle with their with their hands and the ball, like the tip of the ball, like perfectly fits right in that triangle? That's what was about to happen. And then Tommy Lewis just gets taken out of midair, ball sails, you know, in through the end zone. And it's it's maddening. So I don't know what's gonna come of it, but all I know is that the Saints should have won that game. And it's it's just like if you're the Rams, how are you how are you like I know it's weird and I'm a competitive person and I kinda talk about this like like I, I don't enjoy the feeling I like I, I enjoy the feeling of like a deserving win. I don't know if that makes sense, but like some like like there's like there you take pride in knowing that like you like there's something that you deserved and you worked hard for it. But if you're the Rams, it's almost as if you, it's like it's cheap, and I I know there's nothing they can do about it. But I really feel like the Rams didn't deserve to win that game. Like they did not play well. They were down, uh, thirteen three at half. I think they had like negative yards on the day at halftime. Um. And they didn't really play that well. I think they put together a decent two drives to end the game and to force overtime and to kick a field goal. But I don't think that they played that well. And Todd Gurley didn't even really play that much, which was also weird. And I'll write an article about it because I don't know the full story off the top of my head right now, and I need to go back and read, read a few different reports and read some tweets and, and read, you know, watch an interview with him. A post game conference, whatever you want to call it. But why didn't he play? Like he played in the first half, and they uh, whoever they have doing the the injury report. I know Tracy Wilson did it for the uh, 
for the Patriots. Maybe it was like that Evan Eagle guy or whatever his name is, but Ian Eagle. But someone, one of the injury uh, sideline reporters said that the Rams reported that there was no physical damage to Todd Gurley. And they said that, you know, Todd Gurley's fine. And he looked fine. He didn't look in distress. He didn't look mad that he wasn't playing. He was he was into the game. You could see him on the sidelines cheering his teammates on. And if if he had gotten benched for, for, for behavioral or disciplinary reasons, then good for him for cheering on his teammates because he didn't, he didn't sulk. He didn't look pissed. He stayed on the sidelines and warmed up and stretched out as if he was going in next play. And if it was like, you know, if he went into the locker room and, and said some stuff and they said, you know, we're not going to play you. Obviously, it's Todd Gurley, best running back in the NFL, but it can happen with anybody. If they said that, then kudos to Todd Gurley for like for staying in the game on the sidelines. But the way he he was stretching, he was on the table getting rubbed up by trainers. He was stretching out. He, he was sprinting on the sidelines back and forth. Um, and the way he was watching that game, I, I really think that he got hurt. Like I think there was there's some structural damage to to the knee that he hurt week seventeen. That, that kept him out of week 17 and week 16, whatever, how many ever games he missed. I, I, I truly believe that um, that he's hurt. And I said that with Melvin Gordon when, when he left the wild card game. I said that, you know, we're not going to see this guy play against the Patriots. And he came in and he played, and they com- the three running backs on the Chargers combined for 17 yards. And did Melvin Gordon play through an injury? Probably. And I don't want to, you know, obviously I didn't mark this down anywhere and say, like, you know, I was right. But I guess I'll say this now. If Todd Gurley is hurt, man, is that just a sweet opportunity for the Patriots. You take the best offensive player in the league out of a, of a Super Bowl. And I'll, it's it's going to be harder to keep him, out, keep him out of the Super Bowl. But even if he's hurt, like he's not going to be as productive as he is at full health and that goes without saying but I feel like it needs to be said for some reason but CJ Anderson can't do the job all by himself and if Todd Gurley's hurt and the Patriots pick up on that in like the first quarter or if he shows up on the injury report this week next week whatever it may be whenever it may be then CJ Anderson isn't gonna run for you know 200 plus yards 100 plus yards and get all these you know he's he's a red zone guy he'll get touchdowns but are they going to be able to even get into the red zone without Todd Gurley? Because the Patriots are going to pick up on the fact that Todd Gurley's hurt. He's not as productive as he can be. He's not reaching his full potential in this game. And they have four receiving weapons. We know one in Brandon Cooks. We know his strengths, speed, route running, and we know his weakness is catching and is dealing with contact and we saw that in Super Bowl 52 he got knocked out of the game pretty early on a really weird play and his strong suit he's a he's a deep play specialist he's a big play specialist he's got wheels and he's good for an end around play too so they might incorporate him if Todd Gurley can't go or isn't at a hundred percent to go they might incorporate him in the run game somehow but we know Brandon Cooks and we know his strengths and we know his weaknesses and we can shut him down so let's say that Todd Gurley can't go. I'm eliminating Brandon Cooks for, uh, for, for a threat. And I think that the only other threat to the Patriots in the Super Bowl would be Robert Woods. 
who who looks pretty good against the Saints. And I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of a segue into a Super Bowl preview. I guess I'm kind of getting off topic here, but uh, screw it. There's not, there's, not, uh, there's not too much else I want to say about that NFC Championship game. Other than, you know what, New Orleans Saints, you deserve 100% to be in that game. And I feel so bad that they aren't. Because last year, they lost their season to Stephon, that weird Stephon Diggs play where Case Keenum just kind of throws it up. Stephon Diggs jumps up. And whoever that was who missed that tackle dives at air, basically. And Stefan Diggs, from a play that should have been, let's get better field, posi- field position for a field goal to tie this game. Th- a play that was drawn up like that went from, went from that to, we just won the game. And Stefan Diggs gets up, untouched, you know, keeps his balance, runs into the end zone, sends the Vikings to the NFC Championship. And they go on to lose to the Eagles. But... The Saints felt, you know, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm pissed last year at that because the defense could have been a lot better on that last play. And, you know, it was the revenge tour for them this year, and they tore it up in the NFC. They absolutely tore it up. Drew Brees had a career year. Alvin Kamara was here and there. Um, Pro Bowl snub. I'll talk about that on the Pro Bowl day, about who if I thought some players were snubbed or not, but I don't believe that he deserved Pro Bowl mention. I think he had a, he had a productive year. Good, ha- good first half and uh, good playoffs. Uh, Mark Ingram, after being suspended for the first four games, came in, tore it up. Michael Thomas did what he did all season. Um, ben Watson was productive at times. He was out last night. And um, Traquan Smith, the rookie, looked good. Had a, had a good first year. So that team, had they were on the revenge tour after, after that. They wanted to make it back up. They make it back. They make it to a game that they couldn't even make it to last year, the NFC Championship. They're playing against the Rams, which is a team that they gave their first loss to this season. The Rams were undefeated until they played the Saints, and the Saints gave them their first loss. So you you get that close. You're in the red zone. You throw to Tommy Lee Lewis. Complete blatant pass interference call that is missed by the officials, and your season is, is over. You've just... Something, something is up. Like you've, I would be if I was a diehard Saints fan, I would be so pissed off right now. And I saw videos on YouTube and on Instagram and on Twitter of people punching TVs, and yeah, they're pissed. But I would be so pissed off if I played for the Saints, if I was, you know, front office of the Saints, if I was Sean Payton. Even though I don't like Sean Payton because you know nobody should ever put a bounty on another person's head. And he did that, and you know, took the year off, took the year off, got suspended for a year. But I'm so pissed off at that missed call that you've got to sit with that bad taste that we almost had it and it wasn't even their fault. They got screwed by the officials until September. It's January. So January, February. Uh, This is sad that I have to count this. Oh, it's January. So it's the first month. So September is nine. Basically, let's call it eight months. For the next eight months, you've you've got to sit with that bad taste in your mouth. And then you come back in September. Um, who knows the status of the team, if Drew Brees is going to come back next year. I'm assuming he will. He hasn't talked about retirement. He doesn't He doesn't show any signs of slowing down. But, but then you've got to wait another year until you can really get back into that spot and, and, rev, and avenge yourself. I don't know how to put it, if you know what I'm saying. They waited a year from the Vikings game. They came back, and they were like, all right, this is the game. This is the vengeance game, and they get screwed in the last two minutes. 
and they lose the game. And now, what are you saying? We got to wait another year to get back to the NFC Championship and try and beat probably the Rams again because the Rams are just starting off. The Rams dynasty is just starting. So you'll probably see the Rams again in the NFC Championship next year. So mark that on your calendar a year from yesterday. That, that's how long they have to wait until they can satisfy themselves again. That, that sounds odd. Um, until they can revenge themselves, revenge the last two losses that they got so screwed on. So uh, mark, mark it on the calendar.